Welcome to You Gotta Have Faith. What is faith? In Hebrews 11, chapter 1, verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence in things not seen. One playwright writes, it's believing you see white when your eyes tell you black. It's a belief where no one else believes. Dr. King says, if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. This is a podcast about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and also in mankind, the goodness and kindness in mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there is goodness in all of us. There is goodness in this world. But it begins with our belief. you got to have faith. Today is the 6th of April, and uh, I've got Craig here. Craig, how are you Hello. doing? Hello. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> all right. And um, it's just going to be the two of us, and uh, we're going to talk on Luke 15 the prodigal son and um, other teachings that Jesus has for the disciples and also for the Pharisees. All righty. Um, before we begin, I'll uh, engage us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for waking us up this wonderful Saturday morning. We thank you. We praise you. We love you. And we thank you for inspiring us, for, um, for delivering your word in our own uh, small way. We're only figuring out the Bible. We're uh, We're on this um, journey, along with everyone who's listening, to understand you. Uh, we don't claim to be experts, but we, we want to understand you, and we want to make the effort um, to, to dive into your word and to take in everything that you have to teach to us. And everything that we say, everything that we do, everything that we are, we hope that you bless us and that everyone knows that we are children of the living God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey. All right. Well, good morning and good morning. <laughs> good morning. You said it's April something. And I, I, I was thinking about this. I've been wanting to mm-hmm. I've been wanting to to take a look at, at Luke 15 for a while now. And now it just seems really appropriate. Yeah. Cuz yeah, that's right. Cuz it's tax time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this and this uh, and we're going to start out. I'm going to I'm going to just go ahead and uh mm-hmm. I'm going to read it's Luke 15 and uh uh, verse Are we, we're going to do all of Luke 15? Or? Well, uh, I was going to do uh, 1 through 3, verses 1 through 3, and then uh, 11 through through 32. Okay. So I'll just go ahead and uh, I've got a version here, which sure. is uh, you, uh, some UIV version. You know. And, um, and it's, it's not too long, but I'll just get through it. Yeah. And uh, anyway, you'll see why I said it's kind of appropriate for this particular time of year. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so... All the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling, saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property. So now we're jumping to 11, right? Yeah. Okay, go go, go for it. So, uh, So the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided the property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squanders his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself 
out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come, and your father killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry, and he refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I've been working like a slave for you. I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you've never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him? Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. Perfect. Yeah, I had uh, I, I didn't mean to interrupt uh, because you began, um, I believe, verse... It's 1 through 3 and then 11 through 32. Exactly, exactly. And so uh, verse 11 is, is the picking up of the prodigal son. It's funny, when you were mentioning that I was in a musical Godspell, and that was one of the prominent verses that they used in Godspell. So this story is very, very fresh in my mind. The prodigal son, it's a fantastic story. Well, I think uh, I think everyone's heard of it. Yeah. And if they don't know it by what we've just read today, the whole all the details, mm-hmm. they know of it. And, and for those who do... You know, you know, know this story. It's uh, there's a lot of people I've run into. It's a very meaningful story. To sure, them. sure. It touches on so many aspects which we can all find. Um, we can relate to, mm-hmm. and you know, one of the things when I've been discovering, you know, as I, as I journey through, you know, this podcast, but also through life right now, kind of really kind of soaking in, kind of trying to learn more about, you know. The scriptures and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of how it applies or how it can apply. Yeah. I run into lots of different people who have, like, you know, so many, so much more knowledge than I do, of course. And mm-hmm. But, a, you know, a different kind of personal connection, but yet, like, there's something really, you know, uh, about this story that does kind of affect a lot of people in a very, very direct and personal way. Yeah, you know, um, you always say, who do we, uh, who, who do we put our feet into? I mean, who do we... Who do we connect with? Uh, who who do we represent in the story? 
well, who represents us? A lot of people may say the prodigal son, uh, that they have, you know, that they've gone weary or they've strayed away from the Bible and from God and from the church, and now they come back home. But a lot of people um, can connect with the older son. It's like, hey, what's going on? I've been a loyal servant, and you are celebrating this person and not me? What's going on? That's not fair. Well, you know, we talked this morning about fairness. Yeah. Well, it, it, I mean, it's kind of funny because um, it's true. Christ, uh, like, there were a lot of uh, different kind of religious leaders mm-hmm. around that time, not just Jesus Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, running around, you know, starting, you know, their own kind of like followings mm-hmm. based upon different things. Um, Christ got people's attention because he was just so seemingly blasphemous and you know here he is hanging out with tax collectors mm-hmm. hey it's tax time that's why i brought this up yeah and, uh, <laughs> <coughs> that's why i thought this would be appropriate but sure. uh, yeah but you know prostitutes low yeah. lives yeah you know and you know the pharisees come out and you know say like you know how can anyone take you seriously mm-hmm. when you hang around these people yeah you know and he goes and instead of you know you know just the kind of the way the clever, brilliant, snarky mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is, he doesn't really answer their question right out. Sure. He gives them, oh, well, this reminds me of a story. Mm-hmm. And he starts to tell them this story. And it's and it's just, uh, Father Justin was uh, remarking upon this, uh, saying, like, it's a ridiculous story. To You know, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's full of unbelievable, really, really wrong things. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, imagine him, you know, and I think Jesus talks differently to the Pharisees than he does to, like, oh, absolutely. say the apostles or the crowds. He, You know, when he's talking to the crowds, he talks about farming and things that they relate to. When mm-hmm. he talks to the disciples, he talks about mysticism and, you know, kind of these strange paradoxes. Yeah. You know, of life on heaven, life on earth. I'm the Messiah. Am I not? I'm yeah. alive. I'm dead. You know, and there. But when he talks to the Pharisees, he kind of really simplifies things. Yeah. But at the same time, it blows their minds. I mean, imagine, you know, you're a Pharisee and you're sitting mm-hmm. there looking at this grubby man, hanging around grubby people and, you know, rebuking him because it's like, how can you say you're a rabbi when the, w- the way you behave mm-hmm. is just improper? Yeah. And so the story begins with that kind of point. He goes, oh, that reminds me of a story. You know, father, two sons. Son says he wants his inheritance now. Well, that's that's like, you know, ridiculous thing number one. You don't get your inheritance until he... You know, sure. Until you, you know, you've inherited it. Until you know, your father's dead, and and yeah, and you're allowed. Yeah, even asking is wrong. I mean, well, it's, it's just it's re- ultimate greed. It, yeah, it's uh, it's just no. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's 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 a no. Right. However, you know, <coughs> just him asking was, you know, would be considered just like okay, stop the story right there. That's it's all mm-hmm. wrong. That's not the way. Right. No, the father goes like, oh, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> again. Yeah. What the hell? Right. You know, this doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And then he goes out, and what does he do with it? Mm-hmm. He fucking blows it. He blows it. He wastes it yeah. on sinful things, on things that, you know, don't, that do nothing but harm him. Yes. And bring nothing. Yeah. And then, and then you know, that the story can end right there for the Pharisees. Yep. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. see? That's what happens. No, yeah. it doesn't end there. It mm-hmm. keeps going. You know, so, so then he... You know, he's like gets a job like feeding pigs. Mm-hmm. Pigs are considered unclean. You don't get near them, right? You know, 
filthy, unclean people. And he's one that eats the thing that the pig's eating? Oh, my yeah. God. Horrifying. Yeah. This story is getting much, much worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, worse than you can imagine. Well, mm-hmm. you know, it should end like that. Right. You know, the end. But no, it goes on. Mm-hmm. He decides what gall, after he's done all this to himself and, mm-hmm. you know, and shamed himself, you know, to the point of starvation, now he thinks he can go back and make it all better again. Well, that just must have really pissed them off, right. too. Right, yeah. Okay. But, it, you know, imagine, you know, I mean, if I was a Pharisee, and people, I, would, I would just walk away. Mm-hmm. Say, I, don't want, I don't have to listen to this BS. Yeah. But it is kind of fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, what, you know, it's ridiculous. Sure. What, what Jesus does here in this uh, parable, not only is he speaking to individuals who have lost their way. I mean, he's appealing to those who may be hanging out with sinners or who are sinners. But he's also putting the Pharisees in the story, whether they know it or not. They, they, well, yeah, you don't, really, you don't really get it yet. Right. Yeah, but all, all you see are these nasty little sinners and, you know, taking, sure. taking advantage of people. Sure. You know, and uh, so then, you know, mm-hmm. he's coming back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is kind of unbelievable part, too. He's coming back. He's got his story already. Mm-hmm. Before he can even get it out. Yeah. Father embraces him. Yes. And that is unimaginably weird, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Should not be. Father should, you know, just immediately like whip him or something, right? You know, or say get get, get out of here. But no, he embraces him, mm-hmm. and then what? He throws him a party, gives him all this stuff. Sure. What? Mm-hmm. It's only when the brother reacts to this that we suddenly are are, are back in reality. Mm-hmm. It seems like. Yeah. And when the brother, you know, I'm sure but the Pharisees, those who hung on and listened to this, mm-hmm. got to this part, were like, finally, a voice of reason. Mm-hmm. You know, brother puts it all out there. What what has happened here is totally, what is happening here, and the reaction that you're having, Father, to this mm-hmm. is totally right. wrong. Right. This world, this is this is an upside-down world because I've, I've done all the right things. I've followed all the rules. Mm-hmm. I've done everything whether I liked it or not, mm-hmm. you know, for the sake of obeying you and trying to do what's right. Mm-hmm. And I don't get a reward like this. Yeah. This is crazy. This this whole thing is crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and the father's reaction is like, no, no, you don't understand. You know, I lo- my love has no justice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know. Because, because, mm-hmm. and that's the end of the story. And it's 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 really hilarious. Yeah, it's hilariously know. open-ended. Yeah, you talked about how the story really doesn't end. We don't know what the brother's reaction to this after the father's story. No, that's the end of the story. That's the hilarious part of it. Sure. So it's like, don't you understand? You know, mm-hmm. he was lost, and now he's found. Yeah. The end. <laughs> right. Right. And we should we should mention that. Um, there were two other parables prior to this, if you read all of Luke 15. And Luke 15 is a quick read. But there are basically three parables, you know, one back over another. He talks about um, money, and it's basically about money. You know, they're tax collectors and all, and the Pharisees are like, oh, this man welcomes sinners and, and eats with them. That's uh, verse 2. He talks about a 100 sheep, and you, and you lose one sheep. The shepherd, you know, um, brings back the one sheep. And uh, he says... Um, 
I tell you the same way, there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who don't need to repent. In other words, sure, you can focus on the 99 saints, but if one sinner comes back, that is a reason to rejoice. He also talks about the second parable, the woman who loses a coin. She has a bunch of other coins, but she goes and searches and finds that one coin and rejoices over the coin. What Jesus is basically saying is, it doesn't matter that there are other things and other wonderful people you know, in the world who embrace me. I will bring you back, and I will embrace you, the one person. You may think, and I often think about this when I'm in prayer. It's like, oh, well, it's just me. There are billions of people in the world. Can he, is he listening to my one prayer? And he is. The answer is yes. You are just as valuable, and he will embrace you and celebrate with you. Um, regardless of where you are in life. That's a wonderful lesson. So that's lesson one. And, of course, the second lesson is, of course, the lesson to the older brother, the so-called, air quotes, Pharisee. Well, you know, um, wha- go ahead. There's, yeah, but there's a, there's a way. I, I, think, uh, I think I do identify with the, the older brother a lot. Sure, me too. A lot. And I was sitting there, you know, when I was listening to this, to the sermon on this particular mm-hmm. uh, scripture. And usually when I'm listening to the sermon, this, especially during Lent, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a little bit of browbeating mm-hmm. going on. You know, it's not just, you know, the stories and the parables, I guess because we're coming up on the, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, crucifi- crucifixion and resurrection. And sure. so, and Lent is a way of kind of, of, of kind of digging down and at least in our church of digging down deep in yourself and trying to kind of like, you know, face the, face the problems, the spiritual problems and, and the things that, you know, you'd really like to change mm-hmm. or you'd really like to make better in your yeah, life. Yeah. You know, and trying to trying to trying to dig in and, and, and gather those resources through par- through through prayer and through, you know, <coughs> you know, sacrifice. You know, I think that's why people give up chocolate or stuff mm-hmm. or whatever. But, yeah. you know, just to kind of like, you know, solidify in, in real terms that. There's a purpose for this. So usually the sermons are kind of a little browbeating. And this can be that way too. Sure. And usually I would identify with the brother. Mm-hmm. You know, because I have this like insanely stupid sense of justice too. Sure. You know, I've got like, and, and it comes with judgment <coughs> based upon, hey, man, I've done the right things. Why, is, why isn't all the good shit happening to me? Right, you know, right. <laughs> you know, what I've, I've, I've been, I've been minding my piece and cues. Sure, and usually, I'm, but this time, mm-hmm. for some reason, I sat there, and I heard the story, and, I, and I suddenly I said, like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna blow my horn too much, but mm-hmm. I think I can be like the father. I think I, I think I got a little bit of that. Yeah, you know, a little bit of that. I mean, I know. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous kind of unjust love. Mm-hmm. God's love. It's, it's it is unjust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no justice in that. Sure, he doesn't deserve that party. Yeah, but just the idea of choosing choosing love, choosing to celebrate someone's mm-hmm. victory, even if it's even if it's not as cool as your victory. Sure, you know to to really. The, w- the way the the way the father does celebrate, you know, the prodigal son, mm-hmm. just makes me feel like that's that's who I want to be like. That's who I want yeah. to I want to have that kind of just like unconditional, mm-hmm. you know, acceptance. 
And the cool thing about it is not holding any grudges. Regardless of what happened, who knows? The story doesn't even get into why the son left. The son, you know, got his inheritance and just took off. And we don't know, you know, we don't know what happened. We don't know what the uh, the di- what the dynamic is between the father and the son. <clears throat> Excuse me, the younger son. But the father does does doesn't do what so many of us do. You know, we hold on. There's so many people who hold on to past grudges. They recycle old arguments. Well, remember, you know, and, and there's closure. Well, I don't have closure over what we, you know, we talked about, I don't know, a year ago, two years ago, three years. Remember what you did back in, I don't know, 51 <laughs> or something like that. The father doesn't do that. He basically just throws everything away and says, hey, I'm embracing you. And it's funny, at the very end of the, this, um, the, uh, the verse, I think it's uh, verse 32, he talks about, the brother, this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Now that's, I mean, the brother really wasn't dead, but in the father's mind, he was dead. He actually thought, wow, I thought that I lost him. I thought that I really lost him, that he was gone, that he died. Never that I'll again. never see him again. Yeah. So that's on the forefront of his mind. And I think it's an important lesson of not holding grudges. Um, I think I've, I've, I've talked about my uh, my biological mom. Um, you know, she left D.C. in 85, and it took me a long time as her only son, her only child, to get her to come back home, to say, listen, whatever arguments you've had with your sisters and your aunts and uncles and, and you know, the older members of the family, that doesn't matter anymore. They just want to see your face again. You should go home. And she she eventually did. So when I think about this story, I think about that. We think about, oh, I had this argument with somebody, and it's, it can't be resolved. It's just irres- it's, it's, it can't be resolved at all. And in this country, we talk to people who are completely different, and we think, well, this bridge, this rift, they can't be resolved. I believe it can always be resolved. It depends on your state of mind. The father isn't focusing on what happened in the past. He is just so happy to have his son, and that's a wonderful lesson to learn. Yeah. I mean, there's so many in here. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to even kind of like, you know, fit it all in. Mm-hmm. That's why I keep coming back to it over and over. You know, in order to realize what it meant, the joy mm-hmm. that it meant um, for that father to see him alive again. Yeah. Just really solidifies, in my mind, mm-hmm. the sorrow he must have felt. Yeah, when he went away, mm-hmm. but he—it it, seems this father seems like a like a complete person, you know. To me, um, he went away. He probably was devastated. Yep. You know, here, take anything you want if that's what you got to do, and was probably, but you don't really hear about that. Mm-hmm. You don't really see like the father getting all weepy and you know going on and on about it. Mm-hmm. <coughs> you just say he just says okay. And he really, in my mind, he even though it really doesn't say this in the beginning, I think he really lets go. Yeah. I think he really lets go of the son. Really, just says, that's it. I guess he's, I guess he's gone, forever. Mm-hmm. And the only, the only reference you have for that letting go is just how joyful he is. He's like, oh my god. Yeah. You're alive. Yeah. You're alive. Yeah. I don't even want to hear why you're alive. Yeah. I don't want to hear the – he doesn't even let him get like this – the son's, you know, coming back, making up this backstory, going like, okay, what am I going to say? I'm going to give this really stupid excuse and 
say, well, you know, I'll, I'll be a slave for you or whatever. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even get a chance to even say it. Yeah. You know, the father's just so overjoyed. So that letting go was complete. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, and, and that made the acceptance of the miracle yeah. of him being alive again. Yeah. And I guess in the father's eyes, this was a miracle. Sure. You know? Sure. Makes it even more Im- impactful. Yeah. You know? And we go through life hanging on to stuff. Yep. When's going to be the next day when we're going to really be able to have a big party mm-hmm. for the for the good things that come back into our lives? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. How do we prepare for that? Yep. Letting go. Mm-hmm. Letting go. You call it holding grudges. Mm-hmm. And I call it being judgmental. Yeah. Like, like the, the son, the elder son, he didn't change. Right. You know, at all. Right. He kind of remained this pious person, mm-hmm. you know, with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. The entire time. Mm-hmm. Sure, maybe the son's dead, but who knows and who cares. What I don't like is the fact that, you know, mm-hmm. I've got to follow all these rules and then. Mm-hmm. I don't even get treated w- with any respect or love. Yeah. You know, it's sort of strange, but it's like, I feel like if the son could have let go mm-hmm. completely yeah, and accepted, mm-hmm. you know, that, hey, you know, this younger son, my younger brother just wants to make a crappy, scary, awful decision. Oh, well, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I've got to, I've got to get on with it. Yeah. I, I feel like if he could have let go, he could have, he could have been more of. He could have been just as happy to see him as the father. Sure. What I think what is um, very, very clear in the story is the bitterness that the son has. Perhaps he had to do more work because the younger son, you know, took off. And so uh, the younger, the older son is uh, doing more of the work and the bitterness that he's still holding on to. And, of course, Jesus is making a parallel between the younger and the older son and newer Christians, or I shouldn't even say Christians, but newer followers of God and the older followers of God, which, of course, are the um, the Pharisees. The Pharisees are like, hey, we've been following the book of God since the Old Testament. You know, we are the carriers of the Bible. And who are these new people? And who are these people that you're talking to? And these uh, these disciples and these sinners and who are these folks that you're hanging with? Like, you know, you uh, went you at your Bible study. You talked about Mary Magdalene oh, and the washing like- of the feet. Yeah, that was and um, I think you mentioned that Judas had, um, had chastised issues with that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Jesus says, hey, listen, I embrace her just like I embrace uh, you and everyone else. And Jesus is saying the same thing here. If you're a young Christian, if you're an old Christian, if you've been following the Bible for 20 years or 20 minutes, I will embrace you. If you make mistakes or do everything right, that's exactly right. Yeah, he was the he was the ultimate socialist when it came to you know mm-hmm. distribution of wealth when it came to uh, right. when it came to how you treat others. Mm-hmm. There was there was a there was a great evening. Yes, you know even evenness evenness about yes. it. You know and uh, and uh, it's yeah it kind of it does it blows your mind especially if you're a Pharisee especially if you know you you try to distinguish your, you know, morality over someone else's mm-hmm. morality. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, a lot of a lot of people think that, you know, because, you know, we're Christian and we're, sure. we're looking thing, li- we're looking through life with this kind of lens, this kind of filter to try mm-hmm. and, you know, <coughs> gain some kind of, you know, way yeah. of, of, you know, 
being happy and expressing happiness and finding joy mm-hmm. in others, you know, that it's that's just the way it is. But here, in this, especially in this parable, you start to see like you know it's it, it's a it's a transcending kind of philosophy. Yeah, you know, the Christianity, you know, in fact, it's kind of like you know, he's Jesus is turning in, turning all the those things kind of upside down. Yes, he is. And saying, you know, look, you know, you can't just sit here and pat yourself on the back all the time. Right. You've got to make sure everybody, <clears throat> everybody's in the boat. Yeah. Even the pig feeders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even yeah. the starving pig feeders yeah. who you think maybe don't deserve anything. But, yeah. But, you know, nasty justice. Yeah. You know? Christianity is not a culture, um, not a, um, what do they call it, the um, the, the club. The, the elite social club. Well, you'd be surprised. A lot of people get turned off to, by it because because it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it is for a lot of people. Organized religion uh, really mm-hmm. really does kind of like, you know, browbeat you and uh, or try to one-up, you know. Sure. Pagans or non-believers or whatever they call. Sure, sure, you know, sure. You know, whether it's Pat Robinson saying, you know. <laughs> Gays are going to burn in hell. Or yeah, whatever. I that's mean, unfortunate. You know, yeah. it's just, you know, it. The very heart of it, if you read it, if you, I mean, the more I see it, the more mm-hmm. I read, the more I understand. The very heart of it is, all are embraced, all are inclusive. That's exactly right. All are loved. Yeah, and all deserve love. Yeah, there are times where you walk into a church where. Those who have been involved in the church, you know, the longtime members are embraced and, the, you know, they sort of, you know, gather and congregate together. And that's unfortunate because I imagine those who just walk into the church for the first time, there are folks who, who will come into Easter service and it'll be their first time in church. There are folks who they really don't go to church right. unless it's a, you know, um, an event right. like Easter or Christmas. Yeah, like a once time a year, maybe. Christmas. Sure, sure. Yeah. And. Some folks do it because they, they'll say, well, I just don't feel comfortable in the church because everyone else is talking to everyone else and everyone's saying, you know, I'm just a young Christian and people just don't know me. And I think what Jesus is saying here is you've got to embrace everyone, everyone. You know, you may have someone who is coming to church for the first time in five years, ten years, like the prodigal son. If that person isn't embraced, then what does that say about us? Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've got to we've got to welcome we've got to welcome people. Yeah, you know, and and be ready to do so. Yeah, I think I think what and like what I'm getting out of the story today is Mm -hmm. probably going to be different. What I get out of it when we visit again, maybe next year. Sure, you know, about about this time. Yeah, you know, yeah, because these stories do have a way of like coming up at you know again and again, Mm -hmm. resurfacing and having different meanings yeah like i think about the uh, the the young son we talked about putting ourselves in the shoes of the father and of course the older son but then there's the younger son we talked about the father being able to let go of any bad feelings to embrace the son and what about the younger son um letting go of any bad feelings i'm sure there was a long you know there were uh, that time that he walked away and worked with the other master and was working in the pig farm 
wanting to have, you know, just a little bit of the food that the pigs are eating. Sounds like the pigs are eating more better than he was. That's kind of what he was implying. Right, exactly. But there's a stubbornness to the young son. It's like, no, I'm not going home. Not until, not until, <laughs> not until I've really blown it. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I've been there before. I mean, I um, there have been times where I'm like, hey, you know, like I went out I went to New York for college. And I was like, well, I'm in New York. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to make it. And I'm going to let everybody know, you know. Someone says, how are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, I'm just, <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. And, of course, the reality may be you're not. I mean, uh, my last year in New York, I was staying in a, one of those flop motels where you had to share the bathroom with everyone um, in the, the Bronx. Yeah. And it was just really, really disgusting and horrible. And I was like, wow, I really don't want to tell anyone where I am. <laughs> and I was like, man, I can't live like this. I just can't do this. <laughs> so I went back home. Yeah. I went back home, and, uh, of course, the family just embraced. They didn't ask what happened. You know, <laughs> you told me you was going to make it and all that stuff. No, they they embraced me, and I'm so thankful for that. Not that I was the prodigal son. You know, I was, try, I was trying to make it. And all of us do that. All of us zip away from home. Let's say we zip away from very hostile environments, um, whether it be home or just the community or what have you. There are a lot of folks here in the Bay Area, San Francisco. They're here because they're getting away from a home, let's say a very conservative home or, or whatever it may be. Um, there are a lot of prodigal sons out there. Oh, but yeah. But you can always come back home, Everybody's right? Got, everybody is going gonna, is gonna to identify with these characters. Sure. Each one. Yeah. I mean, hell, the, the son leaves. He's got, like, money in his pocket. He's going yep. to go, like, to the big city and, sure. you know, have new experiences. Yeah. He doesn't have to live on a farm and work. Right. You know, this is a great opportunity for him. Mm-hmm. And then the recession hits, or in this case, the famine. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> and how many people uh, are ready for the next recession? I hear it's coming. Yeah. And re- or remember the last one. And, and boy, mm-hmm. that kind of blew a hole in everybody's plans. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a story we all can tell. Yeah. That we can put alongside this. Yeah. The youth. I mean, um, I told you a story. Just any any kind of hopeful change. It doesn't always work out. Right, right, exactly. Now, I was telling you a story uh, during breakfast. Um, I think it's Dr. Drew. It may be be another uh, doctor. It's one of these. uh, He's a southern guy, and uh, his shows sort of reminds me of Jerry Springer. I mean, there's sort of sensationalism. But in any case, there was a 16-year-old girl, black girl, who claims to be white. And... uh, what, the, the, this, yeah, 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 it was sort of crazy. You think it was completely fake. Um, <laughs> it seemed real to me. But in any case, it just struck me as how righteous this, air quotes, white woman, <laughs> 16-year-old black girl was. Um, righteous in her beliefs and righteous in her condemning her own mother who raised her and uh, is subjecting herself to the criticism because she brought her on this doctor, uh, Dr. Drew show to sort of try to educate her, to try to embrace her blackness and her ethnicity, to make her feel proud and to uh, to not do all of this. And um, and I and I link this to Luke 15, because, you know, when we're young, we think we know everything. You know, we take an ounce <laughs> of knowledge. I was wondering where you're going. With and, that. and we stretch it into, you know. Oh, I know everything now. And I'm sure we've all been there. I'm sure when you were young, Craig, you thought you knew everything. Oh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Ask anybody who's known me all my life. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> Ask anybody. Yeah, and it reminds me of the prodigal son who thinks, well, you know, and now I've got the inheritance. That's fantastic. Now I'm just going to do everything. And I, mom, mom, brother, I don't need this. Yeah, I think I've been. Dad, I, think, I don't need I, that. I think I I've been to that. I've been, I think I've been the youngest, the prodigal son. Sure. For most of my existence. Sure. But, uh. But I feel as though I feel a real identify, and I and I've also I think I've been the the older son as well. Yes, yes. You know I think I've been incredibly um, self righteous, mm-hmm. and and you know rightfully so in my own opinion, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe the opinion of whatever laws and morals are of the day. Yeah. You know, but I think it's it's made me particularly myopic to miracles. You know, particularly blind. I mean, to actual beauty mm-hmm. and actual being in the present. You know, this this whole idea that of what this example of what the father is, just what he is, yeah, is is real easy for to figure out. You know, who Christ is talking about and who's who. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. He sets it up really fine and simply for the Pharisees. It's just that the story is ridiculous, but we understand who's who. Yeah. And there's no doubt that the Father is is God, the Father. That's right. Who has this unbelievably unjustifiable, unconditional desire to love. Yes. To love, to love. He comes in. He doesn't listen. He says, don't even give me an explanation. Get my best robe. Mine. Mm-hmm. Take mine. It's the best. Put some shoes on his feet. Mm-hmm. Give him this ring. The ring was probably a signet ring, yeah. which was a, a, you know, you'd stamp documents with it. And yeah. it was it was a symbol of authority. It was a symbol of responsibility. Yes. Of, of like, here, you mm-hmm. take control of the wheel. Mm-hmm. Just like, really? He's doing this? Oh, yeah. yeah, let's have a party and get a fatted calf. A fatted calf. Yeah. Was a lot of meat, enough meat to probably feed the entire town, a hundred people. Mm-hmm. This was not just some kind of like <coughs> here, uh, you know, Hallmark greeting card, you know, coming home party. Mm-hmm. This was a big deal. So this unbelievable outpouring of abundance and love and gifts and kindness and not asking, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Not asking this person to grovel or to even punish themselves. Yeah. You know, it's strange. Yeah. It's bizarre. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. This God's love. Yeah. Why? Well, he doesn't deserve it. Yes, that's right. He doesn't. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the way the story ends is great too, because yeah. it doesn't end. Yeah. That's the other snarky. Sarcastic, clever sure. Jesus Christ thing to do is like tell them a story. Mm-hmm. It's a ridiculous story. Make a lot of unbelievable stuff happen, and then it has no ending. Yeah, you know the cool thing that I just thought about the the love that God has for us. I'm sure that you know uh, even the disciples and maybe even the Pharisees, and I'm certainly the the poorer people who are surrounding Jesus. They don't understand how much God loves them. They think that oh, God is this empirical thing that they can't see who will smite you down. And of course the Pharisees are telling you, hey look, these are the rules and these are the punishments that'll happen if you disobey the rules. Yeah. So it's fear. I remember I worked prior to working for the DA's office, I used to work for a federal government agency 
um, called the Corporation for National Service. And um, there was, I had worked with my boss for about a year around this time. And we had a young employee. And the young employee was sort of jittery around the boss, who was actually a very close friend of mine. You know, the boss, I could, you know, hang out and, you know, and chill out and all that sort of stuff. I, I had a good working relationship. So in any case, the boss is away. He's on vacation. I promise this story will wrap up. And uh, the the, uh, the young employee is like, oh, my God, I made a mistake. Oh, my God. I'm go- Oh, it's just I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get fired. And, uh, yeah, I'm like, well, I'll have to tell Tim, you know, what's going on. And the employee is like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. And I said to myself, this person has a, has a theory of who Tim is, our boss. And it's totally blown out of proportion. You know, Tim is not going to. And I, I told him afterwards, like, listen, we're going to clean this up. Everything's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. I tell this to say this. Jesus telling us, listen, the Father will embrace you. Everything's going to be okay. You may have this image of God as this nefarious, thunder-throwing thing that is going to smite you if you make a mistake. Or if you, you know, carouse around and take your inheritance and blow it on prostitutes or whatever, and you can't come home. (laughs) I, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, am here to tell you that God will embrace you. God will love you, just like I love you, just like I'm embracing you. Everything is going to be okay. And it's going to be totally unexpected Mm -hmm. and unjustified. Um, so I'm saying I, I want to identify with the character of the father now. Yeah. I want to find ways that, you know, because I feel like that's who I want to be like. Sure. I want to be the one who's having a great time. Yeah. Who's witnessing a miracle. Mm-hmm. And you and you'd say to me, Craig, you know, it's ridiculous. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this is a story. It's yeah. a ridiculous story. It's never going to happen. It's just a story. Stuff like that doesn't happen. Miracles don't happen. People don't act like that. That's not life. And I'll say, but for the father it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for the father it is. And for the father in the story, I mean, he lets go completely. Mm-hmm. And he's living in the present. Present is my son's dead, lost mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, that's right. Nothing I can do about it. Yeah. He sees his son, oh, my God, right there and there. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything I love is right in front of me. Mm-hmm. It's a miracle. Yeah. Now, if he'd held the grudge and a chip on his shoulder this entire time, and he saw him, and if he'd never been able to fully let go, mm-hmm. this never would have happened. Right. It would have been like the brother. They both would have been like, get screwed. Get out of here. Right. End of story. Right. There would have been no party. Mm-hmm. There would have been no robe and sandals and ring and fatted calf. Mm-hmm. It would have been any of that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they would have just said, we'll save that fatty calf for when we really see something good. You and me, son. Mm-hmm. You good son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yesterday, I'm, I'm standing in, uh, you know, the doorway. I'm watching cars parking mm-hmm. or trying to park. Yeah. In and out. People driving like complete idiots, doing <laughs> U-turns in the middle of the sure, street to sure. get a parking place. Sure. Not looking back, nearly backing up into a park car. Yeah. Just like. Crazy ass stuff. It's a damn miracle. I'm thinking mm-hmm. that there isn't, you know, like every single day. You know, mm-hmm. I'm watching people like getting bloodied and beat up, or their cars getting smashed in yeah. front of me. Yeah. Why am I witnessing this? Because I'm living in the present. I'm looking at it right now. That's this absurd right. dance that's happening in front of me, where nobody's really colliding with one yeah. another, and yet, yeah, they should be. Sure. 
You know, I mean, every, there, there are miracles every single day if yeah. we're living in the present. If we've truly let go of anything, you know, if you're meditating or just staring at traffic, yeah. you know, or whatever you're doing, or trying to not think about how somebody screwed you over, yeah, or how you've screwed things up, yeah, you know, um, you know, if we can, the the faster we can heal from from those devastating life changing things, whether mm-hmm. it be a father who loses his son, yeah, through kind of like this ridiculous thing that the son wants to do and just accepts it, or whether the son finally gives up on yeah. this life that's just torturing him and yeah. making him worse than ever. <coughs> You know, if we can allow ourselves mm-hmm. to let go and, and, and force ourselves to live in the present, whether we have to kind of really, you know, whatever we have to accept, whether, you know, like in a lot of times they'll just say, well, you had to hit rock bottom. Right. You know, well, maybe for some people that's true. Yeah. But for others, it's, it, is a, it, is a, it is something you have to work on. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I totally hear what you're saying. And it is so true. Everyone is so involved in their own thing, like backing up and, oh, well, wait a minute, maybe I should look in the mirror and, and see, you know, I, let me recognize that. I see a parking lives. space. I don't care if I need to do a, you know, flip a bitch <laughs> in the middle of the road, this middle of this busy sure. street. I, I have a good friend of mine who, will, uh, who uh, when he drives, he, you know, uh, there are all these uh, scooters. You know, there's scooters running around all sorts oh, of places. Oh, that too. How in the hell do I, oh, we don't have emergency rooms filled with head injuries? I don't know. Electrics, uh, electric, um, what are they? The um, Sorry, the, sorry to be such a No, 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 no. skateboards. Yeah, the electric skateboards. Yeah. That was another thing, uh, oh, the scooters. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, and e-bikes and like guys like me, I'm my e-bike but yeah you're absolutely right everyone is focused on their own thing and of course we have the folks on instagram and snapchat and whatever and me 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 click on me i have something to say focus on me it's very easy to be in our own little perpetual bubbles not think about um what's happening with everyone else in 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 our lives and you know we think also about the prodigal son i forgot about the most obvious thing there's there are lots of families that are broken up because of age-old arguments that have happened. There's a father or a son or a daughter or a mother who don't talk to each other because, I don't know, something that sh- that happened mm-hmm. way back when. Well, I was thinking you and I would connect to this because Reg and I are both the, the eldest brothers. That's right. In our family. Yeah. And so, you know, we not only did we have to kind of like follow all the rules, but I don't, sure. know, I don't know about you, but yeah. – by the time my sisters came on, suddenly the rules got really lax. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there weren't as many of them. The belt didn't get taken off no. you know, for my siblings. Yeah. Uh, not like me. You know, my sisters would be crying, and they're like, what's going on? Mom said, Daddy said he's going he's gonna to give me a whip. And I said, well, did he? No. He just <laughs> said so. He just said so. Well, there's a difference. Right, there. there's right. There's a difference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I remember, you know, my siblings, we had C's in, in school. It's like, oh, yeah, I got a C. I'm like. What? Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're not worried that you're going to get in trouble? No. What? What are you talking about? Yeah, because you know, parents as they get older, they they just don't have the the energy. So, so I would yeah. think, I would yeah, think yeah, like yeah. we'd identify sure. with the with the, sure. with the elder son. Yeah, who's kind of like, what the fuck? You know, like, right, right, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, what's going on? Yeah, you know, I've been working in the fields and I've been doing everything, I and know. what's happening and, with and me? You can do whatever you want. Nothing happens to you. Sure, yeah. and it's something that we've had to learn to not. Focus on, not focus on, um, you know, our entitlement. Yep. Well, yeah. that's, that's part of that 
grudges or judgment or whatever we want to call sure, it. Sure, sure. But it's also, you know, but like I said, I, I really, right now, I, I really feel like I want, I got, I got a little piece of the Father in me. I got a big old Pharisee in me too. Mm-hmm. But I got, I feel like I do have a piece of the Father in me. And that's a really, <laughs> that's a really nice thing. Mm-hmm. It was nice to hear the sermon in church. Yeah. Even though I was supposed to be browbeaten, even though I was supposed to be like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you bad Pharisee, stop sure. judging people. Sure. I sat there and kind of smiled and went like, you know, I like this story more and more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a fantastic story. And, and we can go on and on. I mean, we can talk about like, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's parallels or metaphors in this story that, you know, go on <coughs> in lots of other places. I think one person who, who I know who's a very big fan of this story, mm-hmm. this particular parable, uh, Prodigal Son, was discussing with me of like, you know, this brings a very kind of like very deep philosophical kind of question about why is there sin? Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, why indeed is there <laughs> sin? What's the purpose of it? If God loves us so much, why would he keep allowing us to, you know, keep on sinning, to keep on, you know, doing U-turns in the middle of the street or backing <laughs> into people or riding scooters with sure. no helmets, you know, why, and, why and, do, and yeah. not, you know. Not suffer the consequences. Yeah, you know? why do why do people suffer? Yeah. You know, some people have cancer diagnosis diseases, and other people get to live to be but, ninety and ninety five. That, that would be another hour, you know, of course. Of, of course. And I think that'll be something um, yeah. we maybe because it'll be my turn next week. I'll focus on that. Why is there sin? Because boy, it can, it can go real, real deep. And oh, yeah. uh, but I love our deep conversations, and I think it's something that's worthy yeah. to talk about. Um, you know, we us- we usually tap into you know, um, is there a devil? You know, of course you don't believe that, I, and and I no. I kind of do. I do think there's an evil spirit, but also predestination. You know, do we get to choose? Um, you know, if God is all knowing, then you know, do, what choice do we really have? Um, but there, the, you know, evil things do happen, bad things do happen. Some people suffer, some people really don't. Some people work really, really hard, and it appears that they don't receive their just due and some people get to hit the lottery boom just like that and it seems nothing affects them um i would to sort of put a button on it you know uh the older son may say this is so unfair this is so wrong you have to you can't focus on why other people live the charmed life and not you or why other people are embraced and not you what is your relationship i mean it's just like what the uh, the father says in um the verse. Let me pull up this verse once again. Um, of course, my U version my, uh, is okay. Here we go. So, my son, the father says, it's verse thirty-one. You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. And then he goes on to celebrating and be glad because the brother of yours is dead and is alive again. Mm-hmm. He was lost and is found. If you're doing all of the right things, if you're that older brother, um, you don't have to worry about what someone else has or the someone else being celebrated. Focus on the relationship you have with God and the 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 hard work that you've done and, you know, all of the riches that you have or that you are giving for others. There are times where I'm working really hard and I feel like I'm not being, you know, celebrated or embraced. You know, in my job, other people are being elevated and are, are moving up and I feel like I'm just still there. But I still know the work I do helps other people. They help the attorneys. They help our cases. I still have a job. 
I told you about a blessing that I had earlier this week when I was worried about my finances. Yeah, a little windfall. Exactly, a little windfall, a little bump that I needed, really, really needed. Um, I can make myself really, really bitter in life focusing on what other people have and saying somebody else has a Lamborghini, I don't. Some people has a, some people has a house, I don't. I can focus on what I don't have or I can focus on what I do have. I have my health. I have a nice place to stay. I have a job. Um, I'm doing okay. And I, th- I would, in, I would in, you know, impart, impart on those who are, who see themselves as the older brother who can't get over the fact that uh, the younger brothers embrace. Other people are it's, living it, a life. And it, and it may sound really trite, mm-hmm. but, you know, you know, instead of like punishing the sinner, yeah, over and over and over, right? As if the sin, as if the sinner isn't punishing himself, right? You know, enough. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of punishing the sinner or browbeating the sinner, mm-hmm. throw, join the party. Exactly. Because if if the father and the and the older brother felt the same way, mm-hmm. there would be no party. And you know, I'm going to sound really evangelical, but Christ is telling you. Why don't you guys come to the party with me? Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you rather? you standing outside hearing all the singing and dancing. It could be your party, too. Yeah, that's right. I mean, when people get all, like, lit, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, I'm sure there was some, you know, drinking involved at this party. <laughs> you, know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after a while, you forget whose party it is. Sure. It's just a party. Yeah. You know. That's right. And Christ is Not saying, just focusing on one person, but everyone but gets to celebrate. Everyone gets to celebrate. Yeah. You know, you're not punishing this sinner. You're, you're, you're so happy that they've turned toward the light. Yes. You know that it's this. You know that's worth celebrating. Yes. You know, and and do what you can to look for miracles, people. I know I am. Yep. I know that's what I'm up to. Yeah. Same thing with me. And I'm gonna find that party. Mm-hmm. And I really do. Yeah. Well, I'm, I think we should. Uh, Hang it up and, and <laughs> yeah, we're approaching the uh, the one hour mark. Fifty three minutes. I think that's not bad. I'm going to close this out in prayer if we can. Absolutely, go for it. Um, once again, uh, dear Lord, thank you so much for bringing us together, and uh, we look forward every week to uh, I do uh, getting together and uh, having this fellowship and this concentration, and we hope that uh, with your love and your grace and our ability to uh, to love ourselves and each other, that we can uh, continue and do the good things that uh, you've got planned for us. In Jesus' name, we thank you. And amen. Amen. All right, that's fantastic. And here is my blurb. Faith is a podcast open to anyone. You may not believe at all. You may be Muslim, Jewish, agnostic, or atheist. You may have had horrible experience in the church, which have made you turn your back to God. You can still have faith. We ask that you listen to this podcast, even challenge us. We're on Facebook, SoundCloud. That's where the podcast is. You can also uh, write us directly. I have a uh, Twitter and also Instagram account. You can find me, Reg Space Clay, and D.L. Carragher for Deb. And share what you feel. Don't feel alienated because we speak of what we believe. The Bible has been around for thousands of years. And even now, in the age of the Internet and social media and great technology, it still has a message for all of us. You can listen to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app or on iTunes. Just open up your iTunes app, click on Store, go on the search engine on the upper right-hand side and search for you got to have faith and you'll find us. If you use Android, download the SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com. Search for us and you will find us. Thank you for listening. 
and God bless.